What is up, everybody? Welcome to another podcast, or another episode, rather, of the podcast, The Wannabe Entrepreneur. My name is Tiago, and this is the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. I am a bootstrapper, 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 indie maker, indie hacker, whatever you want to call it. Basically, one of those crazy people that decides to start a company without any... VC investment, without any investment. We just wanted to be profitable from day one. And yeah, I'm sorry for your last week. I didn't release any episodes. Uh, not because I don't love you, because I do. But I don't know, I was just super busy. Uh, really, it's been some crazy, I want to say months, really. Like, so many shit has been happening in my life. Um, so in more personally... Uh, we just acquired a home, a flat, and there's, yeah, it's great news. Thank you so much. Uh, but it's a millennial dream, I feel. Isn't it like the millennial dream? Like <laughs> these days with the real estate market being so crazy, having actually a place that we can call our own, it's, it's really cool. Um, yeah, so we did this, uh, my girlfriend and I did this, and it's a big, big step, and yeah, I just, I don't know if you know what's, maybe you already bought a house or a flat or whatever, it's a lot of bureaucracy, and it's very stressful, you know, because it's a lot of money, so if things go south, you might just lose lose all of that money and, you know, can be catastrophic. So, yeah, a lot of things going on, plus the business. And it's Christmas as well, right? So, I don't know if you celebrate Christmas, but in my part of the world, I guess people need to buy gifts. I don't, I didn't <laughs> buy anything yet. I don't know why I gave Christmas example. Actually, it's it's not taking any of my time. I, I, what do you think about gifts? I I don't know. Like for me, they are fun when you're a kid. I remember the rush of like getting to the Christmas Eve. Um, yeah, I in my family we just got the gifts at Christmas Eve. Um, I know that some people get them on the twenty fifth, but the rush of you know getting these gifts and then playing with them was so amazing. I loved that. But then I just grew up and now I make my own money and. I know, I feel that if I own something, I buy it. So it's rare to get that excitement, you know, when you get something new and amazing. Because it's quite crazy, right? So if someone gives me something that is really expensive, I feel bad. I feel bad for two reasons, I guess. First, because they spent a lot of money and I think maybe I'm not worth it. I don't know. Uh, I know how hard it is to get, you know, to earn money. So... I feel bad on others spend that kind of money. And at the same time, if it's something that I really want, I should be able to buy it. Uh, so yeah, kind of ego. There's my ego playing around. So yeah, not a big fan. Not a big fan of the Santa... What is the Secret Santa. Not a big fan of that as well. It's just too much work. And we're just exchanging gifts of equal... <laughs> quantity, equal uh, price. What is the point? I don't get it. Well, some say that, yeah, it's, it's, you can show the others you love them. Yeah, you can show it without spending money, right? Well, I don't want to sidetrack this too much, but yeah, 
it's been uh, quite um you know quite intense days and that's why i didn't release the episodes but yeah i'm i'm here now so let's let's enjoy it uh what do you think of the interview with um andrew gazdecki that i released last week and i think it was really cool he's a big shot in the twitter world i think he has like two hundred thousand followers or something actually i have twitter right now i'll just i'll just check it out i'll check it out for you yes 223 thousand followers which is crazy and he has a lot of experience one thing that i found really interesting from the whole conversation uh i guess there are two things first is that actually if you want to sell your company you need to lowball it first you need to reduce the price and then you get a bunch of people interested and you increase the price that's interesting was not expecting that and as well uh, i learned a lot about branding as well that's I think we talked about this before, but my co-founder, Juan, was always very into getting things measurable. And he's always like, yeah, if we are investing in branding, if we are investing in influencers, we need to measure it. We need to see what's the impact of going to a conference. We need to see what's the impact of, you know, getting some influencer shouting out pod squeeze to the world. And I think it's fair. I think it makes sense. So I, I've been, you know, talking with a lot of inter- entrepreneurs. So basically every entrepreneur I meet that has, you know, a certain, has reached a certain MRR uh, and has built a company, I, I ask him or her, like, what is, like, what is branding? Like, how do you measure it? And, and can you guess what actually most people say? Most people say they don't measure it. Which is crazy. I got some answers like, yeah, you just see whatever your competitors are investing and you match that. You And what Andrew also said is like, I mean, you just need to be funny and you know it works because, you know, he just gave a few examples of some things that he has done on Twitter that I still remember. So it clearly works, but it's not measurable. Um, so Jean and I have been really struggling in trying to find a way to measure this because... In one hand, like everyone does this. So if everyone does this, it's probably working, right? On the other hand, we don't know why it's working. So it's, it's kind of like flying on, on a, in an airplane. And most people, they don't know how it flies, right? So they're like, yeah, it flies. You know, it's a gigantic piece of metal. And, you know, it flies. And that's it. Um But I like to know how it flies. <laughs> I like to know. So, yeah. Uh, one thing that we that we kind of it's it's kind of working for us to somehow measure is that now we track uh, when people are creating their accounts. So they they come to PodSqueeze, they create their account, and we ask them like, "Hey, where did you find us?" And a lot of them say that Google mostly. So we are investing heavily on SEO. So because of that, we get a lot of people finding us and creating an account through Google search. But funny enough really funny enough most of our conversions so far you know going from free account to pay accounts they are from influencers people that came from influencers and we also had a, a few chats with some of our users and they said like yeah i met you through like a friend that saw you in as an in like an influencer post so actually these influencers and this word of mouth is working it's really working so 
I think now we have somehow a way to measure it as well. But it, it just takes time. It takes time. It's not right away. It, it, it won't happen from one day to the other. You won't go to a conference and then the next day have a thousand more, uh, a thousand more um, you know, accounts. I think the only kind of marketing techniques that work from one day to the other is like maybe a product hunt launch. That's pretty fast. Like you launch it in that day, you will immediately see. And then the, the week after, you'll see a huge raise uh, on um, signups. And then maybe like email, cold emailing, or maybe ads, or when there's like a huge shout out of like from a huge influencer, but like it needs to be a really big one. But yeah, so a few things that I want to talk about with you today. And let's start with, I, I'm actually just going around my tweets because I don't know if you follow me on Twitter. Uh, if you don't, uh, it's WB Tiago. And I share a lot of my thoughts. And then I just, you know, come here and read them. And that's kind of um, my script for this podcast. Um, I don't know, a few things. I had a post that... I don't know if I want to go too much in, into depth into this, but it's about Portugal and it's about living here. And I, I, don't, I don't know if you ever uh, lived abroad, but normally when you are an expat in another country and then you return to your country, things, they changed. They change a lot. And you start seeing your country with the eyes of someone that lived abroad. And sometimes it can be really frustrating because often if you lived in a country that has some things that work better or a lot of things, you'll be like, oh my God, where am I? And then you cannot escape, right? Because it's your country. I mean, you can leave, but it's different, right? It's much easier, I guess, to leave a country where you didn't live, um, or, or you didn't, where you were not born, right? Like when you're native from a country, normally it's harder to live it. Um, just to say that, I don't know, here, there's a lot of people asking about what is the issue with Portugal, why, or I ask myself that. Like, uh, And one thing that I realize is that it's not corruption, it's not people being lazy. Yeah, a lot of people say like, yeah, southern countries, they are lazy because there's a sun. But yeah, that makes no sense. Like we work a lot, actually. We work a lot. So I think it's just not getting, not empowering people. Really, like it's in my opinion, it's all about the work working culture. So here in Portugal, when you start in a company, you are not supposed to ask much questions. You just do what you're told, and that's very different than my experience when I first worked in Germany because I went there and I was the noob. Like I didn't know what Git was. I didn't know how you know to properly code or whatever. But they gave me a lot of responsibility, and they listened to me. They appreciated when I asked questions. And actually, some of the seniors, they would be like, oh, that's a fair question. And we never thought about that. So this kind of, you know, mindset of questioning everything and trying to fix problems and improve processes and everything, it was appreciated. And I think that just reflects to the whole country. In Germany, people really trust the government. And that's why they follow rules so much. Everyone mocks Germans because they are all by the book. This was not a German accent, was it? Who's by the books? No, that's also Russian. Oh my God, I cannot do German accent. Yeah, it's all by the book. But I, I, what I realized is they just trust. If there's a rule, there's a reason for it. Most of the times. And in Germany, yes. So 
And also, if you don't agree with the rule, you find a way to refute it, to contest it, to change it. Here in Portugal, if you don't agree with the rule, you just go around it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, it's sad, but it's true. Because people don't trust the government, because they know that there's nothing they can do to improve this rule. So let's just find a way around it. And that's, that's frustrating for me. It's really frustrating because I feel that our country is kind of stranded there. And we can do, we could do much, much bigger, cool things if we would just give a voice to, to more people, really, to the employees to the you know citizens like we should contribute more and we should listen like listening to feedback of your of your users in this case for the state right and one thing that is really it's a mix i have mixed feelings about what i'm about to say which is taxes and tax law and fiscal law and everything so i've been kind of complaining about this for a while uh, because when I started, when Joe and I started this company in September, there's a lot of things to figure out, like a lot of frustrations. Because again, when you hire someone here, like an accountant, they won't explain anything to you. They'll just do the bare minimum. And a lot of the things, unfortunately, you actually have to ask. You need to ask what is the best way to set up your company? How much money should you pay yourself? All of these kind of things that I expected that they would just tell us, right? Because they know. Uh, it's like I, I give this example. I gave this example recently. I think it makes sense. So, when someone comes to your house to fix the the heater, the boiler, right, um, and you just tell him like, "Yeah, I have cold water. I don't. It doesn't work." And you expect this person to explain, "Oh, okay. I will fix it. I'll figure it out. Okay, the issue was this valve. This valve was not working. I changed it, and now you should have you know hot water." It makes sense. I would not expect to tell the guy or the gal what to do. I would not expect, like, okay, open the, the boiler, check the valve. No, because I don't know how to do it. Like, that's why I hired them. But for some reason, with accountants in Portugal, it doesn't work that way. We are expected to say, hey, we want this setup and we want to, you know, put this as our expenses and we, we need to be constantly tell them how to fix the boiler. And that's super frustrating because we don't know. So we need to learn it. And during this really, really tiring and boring and frustrating process of learning how, how to like understand fiscal law, I somehow started to like it. <laughs> it's it's kind of fun it's, uh, because you get to like solve puzzles and solve problems and, and, in the end, the reward is very sim similar to having a business. You just get more money, right? You pay less taxes in a legal way, in a legal way. So one thing that I realized, and I was so surprised by this, really. It's, it's like a shock. It's like I was naive and, and now I understand that the world of law, I thought that laws were very specific, right? You'd be like, okay... To if you want to set up your company in Portugal, these are the expenses you can, you know, kind of deduct. And if, let's say, if I, if you want to deduct something, if you know, if you want to know if like buying a laptop can be deductible or going on holiday can be deductible, there will be rules, like really specific rules that you can go there, read them, and immediately know. But that's not true. That is not true. Like there is such 
a gray zone, the gray area is huge, is huge. I'll, I'll give you an example. And keep in mind that I've talked with like judges and, and lawyers and accountants and everyone says the same. Everyone says that, yeah, the rules, the law is not clear. <laughs> and, and, and that's so frustrating because if it's not clear, there's two things that will happen. You will just, well, there's one main thing. You'll just in, interpret the, the law yourself. It's a personal thing. And then, I don't know, it's up to the judge. It's crazy. I'll give you a quick example. Everyone told us that we could just set up the company elsewhere. They'll be like, ah, yeah, it's an online company. Just set it up in whatever, Estonia or Dubai. And everyone seemed to, to they thought it was super easy at least. They they, they made it so it, it seemed really easy. So we thought that, okay, we are being dumb. Like, why we are not doing this? Turns out it's not easy. But when you set up your company in a specific place, let's say you set up the company in Dubai, you need to somehow live in Dubai. You need to prove that you live there, you make your decisions there. And what does that mean? And like you can go to the law in Portugal and say like, okay, I would expect that that would mean, okay, a few days, like you need to go to Dubai, let's say, um, three times a year, or you need to be there at least 100 days. No, the law only says you need to show that you have some connection to Dubai, you know? And and what, you know, people tell me is that, yeah, you should go there. You, you should maybe buy a house there. You should have something to prove that you're connected to that country and that you go there often and you're making the decision. That's why you decided to have your headquarters there. The thing is, a lot of people, they interpret the law in a different way. They just say, I'll just move to Dubai there, and that's it. And, of course, sometimes they get uh, fined and, you know, whatever. It can be even a crime, I don't know. Uh, but it also, again, it's not specific. And there's a lot of things that are not specific in this. Like, with the the expenses that you can deduct, nothing is really specific. Like, uh, if I'm going with for a dinner with a client like can we set it up as an ex as an expense maybe yeah but if we are going you know my co-founder and i going for a dinner like a team event can that be also an expense well in it should be right because our bond our relationship is probably one of the most important thing of the business if we break that relationship if it gets ruined then well the business dies so it should but how do you justify this well this is my quest. This is what I've been trying to figure out. I've been trying, like, we just hired another lawyer. We had a bunch of questions. Uh, and in the end, it's still not clear. We're still trying to figure out how to do this legally so that also we don't pay an absurdity of taxes. Because in the end, in Portugal, you just pay so much. Like, it's crazy. So you need to find a way. Otherwise, you have no business, right? Otherwise, just working uh, to pay half of the year, more than half of the year, you work to pay your taxes. And that's absurd, in my opinion. So, yeah, that's kind of the, the, the whole telenovela, you know, soap opera around Texas. Uh, a few other things that I wanted to talk to today uh, with you. And one is about the whole kind of philosophy of being an entrepreneur, right? So now I'm getting to this phase where I, I've reached something. By the way, we just reached 100k like 
not the MRI. We actually we draw 100k. Our company already made more than 100k dollars, and it's crazy. Okay, let let me maybe tackle this first because that was also a point I want to chat with you. I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you are one of those listeners, a listener that was with me last year. You know, um, in in the what days today, in the 12th of December of 2022. If you were, you would remember that I was very demotivated. I had just got a freelance side gig to help me, you know, get some money. And I was my community and my projects were not working out, and I was not. I I didn't want to give up, but I, it seemed that I had no options. Right? It was really frustrating. And in less than a year, you know, everything changed. We made one hundred k dollars. That's absurd. Two people, two laptops made this amount of money, and even though. Now, and I told you that like it seems that it's kind of stagnating and we're a bit stressed about this. If we like we look at the bigger picture, it was a huge incre- increment, right? Like we I went from the guy that was making barely any money, you know, that I was not even covering my ramen, my expenses. Now I'm paying a, a decent salary. It's not a crazy good salary, but I'm paying a decent salary for myself and also João is also taking a decent salary. So that's amazing. That's such an achievement, right? And a lot has changed. And I'm excited about the new year as well, like what will change. But yeah, I guess my my thoughts here are what what is next, right? Because I learned a lot about building a product, about testing it, about doing the initial, you know, launch and 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 talking with clients and building a product that people actually want to use. I think I have, I'm not 100% at this yet, but I think I, I have a pretty good idea of how to do this. But the question to me is like, what now? What is the next step for uh, an entrepreneur? And the reason why, by the way, this podcast is called Wanna Be Entrepreneur is because I feel that there's always things to learn. And the more I get into this, the more I understand, yeah, there's tons of things to learn. But what is the next step, right? I feel that now my time, it's the, well, it was always the most valuable asset, but now I feel that my time should, shouldn't be spent doing operational things. I shouldn't do much coding. I shouldn't do much, or João in this case, shouldn't do much content writing because our time is best used doing strategical decisions, trying to figure out what are the next steps, maybe starting different businesses. If we are constantly focused on building all the pod squeeze features that you need to build, then we don't have time or energy or mental space to think about the bigger picture, to think about how can we become better, you know, entrepreneurs. And that might mean acquiring businesses. That might mean investing in different things. You know, a well-rounded entrepreneur is someone that really kind of dominates multiple spaces, understands multiple areas, multiple dynamics, and is able to make a lot of money. I mean, and don't get me wrong, 100K is really good, but I want a million. I want two million. You know, I, I, I want to grow. Um, so how? How do I get from 100K to 1 million? And, and how do I get from 1 million to 5 million, 50 million? I don't know if, We'll ever figure that out. Hopefully, 
I'll continue with this podcast and maybe in a few years we'll be talking about that. But that's what I feel that I need to do now. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to automate all of these processes. So we hired uh, our freelancer that is working with the coding. It's amazing. I really like working with them. And that's already taking a lot of time or is saving a lot of time, rather. Uh, João is doing the same with the content creation and everything. Because now we should be, you know, spending on building new features, talking with our clients, and yes, even starting new products. I think that's that should be what, what we want to do. And one big mistake, one big mistake that we did with PodSquiz, and that's how I will finish this episode, um, was that we were thinking too short term. Like we started coding and we built an MVP and we launched it and we started doing cold emailing. And we thought, okay, that's it. We have cold emailing, let's keep building. And then what, what we failed to realize was that this cold emailing would run out, right? Like we have let's say 100,000, I think it was 500,000 emails, but we were sending a lot of emails per day. So there would be a time when, you know, the emails would run out and then what? How are you going to acquire people? How are you going to bring people to your platform? Well, we completely kind of ignore that. And because of that, that's my theory, not sure if it's true, but because of that, there was a huge gap. The gap between finishing the emails and starting the other type of marketing, which is for us SEO and brand marketing and conferences and stuff like that. There was a huge gap. And yeah, that was a mistake. That was a mistake. And I I will finish with uh, my latest tweet, which was, instead of putting out fires, you should prevent them. This advice also works for literal fires, by the way. So yeah, the figurative fires of being an entrepreneur, of always having your business on fire and always being putting out fires, that's wrong in my perspective. If that's happening, something is wrong. You shouldn't be always you know, putting out fires. You should be preventing them. You should be anticipating them, right? What we should have done from the start was invest on SEO so that as we are milking all the juice out of the cold emailing, we were already working on SEO so that when the cold emailing would have stopped, our SEO would be already developed and we would be already getting a lot of people from there. And from then on, we should be already working branding, right? That that should be it. You should be always thinking three months, four months ahead, right? Also with features. we are you, The features that we are releasing now, those were thought, those were kind of planned two months ago, three months ago, right? And now we should be planning the next features in that will be out in three months. We are not building them, right? Someone else is building them. We are just planning and, and thinking and organizing, strategizing. So that's that's my theory now. That's my theory about what would be the next step for, um, for me as an entrepreneur, right? It's more strategical, strategical. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, of course, that I still enjoy building stuff, and I'm still building, I'm still coding, uh, and I'll still do that. But yeah, I feel that it needs to be, if I want to grow, and if I want to be sane and not burn out, I need to automate, delegate my tasks, focus more on the strategical thinking, and then take also more time for me. Because that's something that I feel like, again, as an indie maker, I want freedom. I want to relax. I want to think about other things that are not only work. I want to enjoy life. Uh, so if I want to do that and still be successful and still keep growing, 
delegation. Delegation is key. In, that's kind of my perspective. But yeah, that's it. Uh, that's the end of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, again, I'm sorry for you know skipping a week. Follow me on Twitter, WBTiago. If you want to support this uh, podcast, if you think that this is good, if you want me to keep doing it, you can um, join our WB community. It's a Slack-based community, a private community for indie makers. And it costs $10 per month. And you'll be also supporting this podcast. And you get to meet other makers. And I'm also there. And it's really fun. So, yeah, join us there. The link will be in the show notes. And that's it. This was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you next time. <laughs>